name is Dylan Wise, and welcome to Songwise. This is a podcast about songwriting and the creative process. And today is a little different. Um, I have no song on this episode. I have been doing this thing in which I am trying to organize my digital life. We can blame Marie Kondo if we want. Um, she seems to be everywhere these days. And uh, my digital life is, is no different than my actual life in which I need a, a little bit of uh, cleaning up. So I'm going through all of my files, whatever. This is a long-winded way of saying, uh, what a perfect time to bring back uh, some old pieces that I produced in the past for my old podcast, Tell Me Something I Want to Hear. Um, I found the episode that I did on Detroit and thought that Valentine's Day may be a nice time to reshare this story about the insane clown posse. So I've had a slight obsession with this group ever since the maybe sixth grade. Uh, They always seemed like insane they always seemed like insane people and uh infinitely fascinating to me and as i grew older i learned more and more it became an issue uh last year when myself and my friend nick orsini drove down to north carolina to go see insane clown posse live the reason for that i am still not sure about Still don't fully comprehend why we did that or why it happened, uh, but it did, and it was fun. And uh, the best thing that came out of it was we we ended up writing a song about that very topic um, called what was it called? How many flavors? That's what it was called. It was a lot of fun, but uh, I've I've always had an obsession with this with this group and. In a previous episode of a previous podcast, I I put together this piece about them for a show about Detroit, basically talking about how how important they are. And in the spirit of love, I present that to you today. Uh, We will be back. We. Shut up. I will try to do a a show in the coming weeks about... um, I've been playing with this idea about comedy songs that I'm hoping to finish uh, in time uh, for the next uh, podcast. But here, for now, for fun, and for you, for free, is a re-airing of a story, I forget what it was called, just about Insane Clown Posse. Hope you enjoy. Uh, Please remember to, uh, if you're interested, follow the show on Instagram at HighSongWise. If you are into that sort of thing, go ahead and do it. It don't cost you nothing. Click a button and enjoy your Valentine's Day with your loved ones. Uh, Maybe sit down, grab a bottle of wine, put on the great Malenko, and enjoy. Okay, goodbye. Track four. We've talked a lot about punk rock today, and that was never our intention. There just seems to be something about post-1960s Detroit that makes its musical residents want to scream and rebel and punch and say things, well, say things similar to this. Oh, you fuck me.
Okay, you can't possibly hate wine coolers, right? There's no way. Oh, there's more. Fuck critics. Fuck your review. Even if you like me, fuck you. Fuck your mom. Fuck your mom's mama. Fuck the Beastie Boys and the Dalai Lama. Now you stop right there. I'm okay with you saying fuck my mom's mama, but the Dalai Lama? Come on, guys. The Dalai Lama? There has to be an end to the anger. There can't. Oh, there's more. Fuck the president. Fuck your welfare, fuck your government, and fuck Fred Bear, fuck Nugent, like anybody gives a fuck, you like to hunt a lot, so fucking what? Ted Nugent, but he's a fellow Detroiter. Detroitian. Detroiter? What we are listening to are the sounds of Detroit's own insane clown posse. Yes, it is a bit vulgar. The subject matter of their music is graphic. Explain to me the fixation with with rape, violence, and murder in, in the lyrics, particularly. What does it mean if you call a song, I'ma kill you? It means I'ma kill it you. It's a, it's a, it's... But I mean, how you take that, I mean, are you like a grown retard or something? Yeah, you know, you're you, gonna go out and do some it? kind of murderer you know? to begin with? Then it might affect you really weird, but if you're anybody else, if you're normal. Just, I could take you to Walmart and show you some pretty scary sounding horror movies. And they may not be the most elegant of dudes, but trust me when I say this, what Insane Clown Posse are doing is important. ICP belong to a genre of music called horrorcore, which besides being very difficult for me to say, is also a subgenre of hip hop that features these dark lyrics and combines elements of horror. The content can get off-putting, and often a bit graphic and crude. They rap about things like hatchets and murder in the regional soda company Fago. They've created an entire mythology behind their music, what they call the Dark Carnival. From what I understand, the Dark Carnival is a lot like the idea of heaven and hell, but with more drugs. Oh, and for listeners who are unfamiliar, the two members of ICP, Violent J and Shaggy 2Dope, complete their Dark Carnival images by painting their faces in clown makeup. In all honesty, it's kind of silly. The whole carnival theme with albums like The Ringmaster and Riddle Box and The Amazing Jekyll Brothers and the makeup and the cartoon violence. But as silly as all of this is, it kind of works. Over the past 20 years, yes, 20 years, ICP has created their own legacy. A legacy both for the fans of the music and for their haters. They're affectionately known as the most hated band in the world. What may be most impressive about this 20-year span is that ICP has been able to create a community behind their silliness. Some might say they are less known for their music and more known for their fans, called Juggalos. Juggalo fans buy into their shtick hook, line, and sinker. Buying everything from music, t-shirts, movies, toys, and participating in events, it's a full-on lifestyle choice that occasionally may involve assault and murder. 
It seems like fans of the most hated band in the world spend more time trying to show people that they aren't crazed idiots and telling the public that it's all about family than they do actually listening to their music. And from my perspective, and of course, I could be wrong, that's exactly what fans of the group want. They want to feel like they're fighting against a system, even if it's a petty and paper-make-believe system. Like ICP's well-documented feud with fellow Detroit rapper Eminem, fans went nutso over this. Really? Eminem fans. You don't like psychopathic records? Why the fuck are you listening to them then still? Going on our shit? Leaving us messages? Toying with us? We jugglers are hard individuals. You can't break us. You can't. Stop the fucking hate. You raunchy cock-sucking pieces of chocolate! Okay, that young lady was very upset, but on a whole, you cannot say that Juggalo fan- oh shit. Real-life mayhem, some believe, is motivated by a certain sound and stagecraft. The musical genre, often appealing to teens, is called horrorcore, and there is no bigger name than the insane clown posse. But while this pair may just rap about acts of savagery and violence, some of their devoted fans are living them. Hence the question, should these artists share in the blame? February 2009. Two men calling themselves Juggalos are arrested after the body of 21-year-old Michael Goucher is found in the woods, stabbed more than 20 times. Why would you bring a knife and a cleaver to a meeting? September 2009, and 21-year-old Tony Lacasio is left to die after being beaten with baseball bats. He called himself a juggalo, but it's alleged he snitched and lost his life. The coroner said he was beat 70 to 80 times with baseball bats. We've got multiple individuals committing gang-related crimes, gang-motivated crimes, and they're using the name juggalo. You're making this very difficult for me, guys. But despite what Martin Bashir says, I don't subscribe to that whole notion that artists are to blame for these people committing murders. On a whole, ICP are doing a good thing. They're bringing all of these delinquents together. Oh shit, that sounds like a bad thing. Psychopathic Records, the machine behind Insane Clown Posse, has been working very hard the past couple of weeks to secure a location for this year's annual Balls to the Wall Juggalo Celebration, the Gathering of the Juggalos. It only happens once a year. It's fast becoming world-renowned for its uniqueness. The nation's only truly underground music festival with no corporate sponsorship. It's the infamous Gathering of the Juggalos. The event, which spans several days, includes live performances, wrestling matches, carnival rides, barbecues, and lots of drugs. In years past, Psychopathic Records has held this in a location called Cave in Rock, Illinois. But after some last-minute schedule changes and issues with checks bouncing from last year, some are afraid that the event might not happen. All joking aside, this needs to happen. The Gathering of the Juggalos, as mentioned in the previous track, has become a cultural event for both the fans and the haters. It's wedged itself into the mainstream, and I would honestly be very bummed if it didn't happen. Not in like a hipster, I'm watching this because it's uncool, ha ha ha, mustache way. I would actually be very bummed. I mean, look, it's not my type of scene. It's not my type of music. But why shouldn't these fans get a chance to hang out together? Yes, 
preferably in the woods, somewhere away from society and children. I guess what I'm saying is that juggalos are people too. Here's the thing. We all have weird things we do to make ourselves feel good. I, for instance, bought a cassette last month on Cassette Store Day. Why? Because I'm dumb. And if the gathering of the juggalos gives these dumb people a place to congregate and feel good, then who are we to judge? To end our show today, our very own Nick Orsini brings us the human side of the juggalo culture. He's written a poem about love and juggalos, and it's read by our friend Adam Dome, and I am pleased to present to you Love and Fago. The rain fell on cave-in rock and washed my face paint off. A world opened a purple sky with two-liter fago drops, as fat as the greedy stomachs, when enough is not enough. We spent a caffeinated night rapping into my karaoke machine while my parents were asleep. These are the friends who became my family. The rain fell on my high school where I ate lunch in the bathroom until I put that record on. Then it was all cigarettes and riddle box, psychopathic, and the hatchet, the great Malenko, and aggression. Now I'm online dating, fixing up this truck, about to drive five states to find out about true love. So terrible, guys. No idea why they exist. Um, I wanted to jump in very quickly right at the end of the program to share that song that I mentioned at at the beginning of the show. Um, Because why not? Uh, As a refresher, myself, Nick Orsini, also known as Bobby Teenager sometimes, fun, uh, went to North Carolina, wrote a song about our trip kind of and juggalos called how many flavors and we're gonna go out on that today again have a great valentine's day uh enjoy your life i don't know what i'm saying uh thank you uh for uh listening uh to uh this i have nothing else to say i just really like this background music That's good stuff. Okay, goodbye.
came to pick you up for the day You waltzed right into my antique Chevrolet You grabbed the aux cord Made yourself a phone DJ Play. And you asked